Welcome to another episode of Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. I'm Suzanne. And I'm Alexis. And we're two longtime fans of the show, excited to rewatch and recap it along the way. This week we are reviewing and reflecting on the first half of Gilmore Girls season four. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe it. It's gone by so fast. <laughs> Before we get into things, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And you can join us on TikTok, uh, TikTok and Instagram at Talking Fast Podcast. And listen ad-free on Patreon. Just search for Talking Fast Podcast. And you can email us at TalkingFastPodcast at gmail.com with any of your thoughts, uh, criticisms, uh, anything like that. Just uh, be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, anything. <laughs> yep. So our plan for this mid-season recap is to look at the season as a whole. So far, we will try to recap the entire first half in 45 seconds. And then we will also be discussing our, you know, the highlights so far, some, you know, discussion questions about the first half. It's a lot of fun, a lot of just conversation. So Hopefully you've been with us for one of these before, so it won't be too shocking. (laughs) A lot of tangents, I expect. (laughs) Yeah, but you know, lovely tangents. Mm -hmm. Planned tangents, even. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So let's begin with our big picture previews of our feelings about the first half of season four. I thought maybe one way we could think about this is like the classic teacher metaphor if you were to like grade the first half of season four what grade would you give it oh wow I think I would give it hmm a solid a minus to b plus for some episodes it's a it's a good first half of the season there are some things that I think like are they're still trying to work out some kinks with the split locations and stuff and some of the storylines were a bit not great. <laughs> but overall, I think it still yeah. had more good in it than, like, say, the first half of... I don't know, the first half of season two was really hit or miss, if I remember correctly. So I think they're getting more consistent. What would you grade it? I think you took the grade right out of my grade book. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same A- minus between B plus territory. And it would probably depend on my mood of which way I was mm-hmm. leaning. <laughs> but today I'm feeling optimistic. So yeah, I want to <laughs> lean toward, you know, like a 90, right? Like right smack dab in between the two options. Primarily, like as you're describing, so, so much consistency across. Like there was a couple A's probably, but then so many A minuses and then a few B's for episodes mm-hmm. and like, Really, the detractors being those like wobbly storylines, like you're talking, like some pieces of the puzzle were so strong, but then others were quite flimsy, like mm-hmm. the Nicole and Luke, like yeah. Dave and Lane, the end <laughs> taking forever. Well, that's my personal pet peeve, but Lane at college, like so many of these things are kind of just like, like, I don't know, not sketched out fully, but some of the other stuff, it, the stuff that is sketched out fully is really satisfying and it's like just plodding along very consistently for lack of a better word Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah (laughs) 
I do have a feeling I remember quite a bit of what's coming in season four and I think that our average mm-hmm. will probably go up for the second half of the season even higher because there's some kind of iconic storylines that happen we'll see <laughs> yeah that is exciting to know that like the the her it's bright it's a mm-hmm. bright future rather than like oh no we have bad things coming <laughs> Yeah, like the second half of season three. I mean, the second half of season three was still great, but it also had some really dark things coming, like the combustion of Jess and Rory and that stuff. Yeah. I guess like, ooh, there's kind of like, it's the twinned Mm -hmm. like excitement and dread, actually. If you think about it for like the very final moments of season four, it's like the darkest and the lightest of Gilmar Girls, which is kind of fun. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) Before we get there, we will look backward and talk fast, ideally, as we challenge ourselves to do our Talking Fast segment, giving us 45 seconds for all of the 11 episodes that we've covered thus far, and it should go perfectly well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) we'll see. Are you prepared to go first? Um. In the sense that I know I'm supposed to go first, so I will. (laughs) Good enough. (laughs) Okay, ready, Mm -hmm. set, go. We are in college and we are building an inn. So Rory is at Yale, so is Paris. They have different classes. They meet Asher Fleming. He gets in an affair with Paris. There's also a newspaper where Doyle is. Um, Meanwhile, Lane is kind of at college. She's also in the band, and then she's going to get kicked out of the house because Mrs. Kim finds out. Um, Like I said earlier, Lorelai is building an inn, so is Sookie and Michelle, and temporarily um, that one guy who's the nanny that I forget (laughs) his name right now. Um, Let me recuperate. Um, Dating-wise, Lorelai and Jason, Luke and Nicole, Dave and Lane, supposedly, um, Sookie and Jackson. Ah! (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't even give you a five seconds. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) I was just totally like, I don't think I was in space and time. I had no sense of like (laughs) what I was just like, just more words, more words. (laughs) You got quite a bit, pretty much everything, I think. Felt like word vomit, but. Well, that's really what this is. In a good way, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And on that note, your turn. Okay. Um, All right. On your mark, get set, go. So Rory and Lorelai get back right before Yale starts. Luke has married Nicole, but they're going to get a divorce and then they get back together kind of-ish. And uh, Rory finds out that Paris is also at Yale and they have some interesting roommates and Rory writes a terrible review of somebody and becomes a huge jerk at Yale. Um, also, Richard has gone into business with Jason Stiles, who then starts dating Lorelai, and he's kind of uh, an interesting character. Suki also has a baby, uh, and uh, she and Lorelai and Michelle are opening an inn. Um, also, Paris starts dating Asher Fleming, and Kirk gets a girlfriend, and Lane starts the band with Gil. Uh, that was all over the place. It was everywhere. <laughs> okay. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Exactly. <laughs> well, we did it. <laughs> yeah, in the midst of our 
Um, excellent chronological recappings <laughs> there. <laughs> Did we miss anything major that we should have in our minds before we begin our discussion? Um, let's see. Yeah. Did we mention the Penelin Lot stuff? I think you did. Um, that the the Richard and Emily conflict over his annual lunches with Penelin Lot mm-hmm. was a big, big moment and not one I necessarily recalled being in season four. Yeah. And that is something I'm looking forward, not looking forward to in the sense that like I'm wanting it to happen, but like. I do know that their separation is looming and I remember it being later. So I'm kind of curious of like, are they really planting the seeds here in a conscious way? I Because so far it seems like they've kind of forgotten since that fight. Like it hasn't come up again in the text of the show. So I'm just like, I've got my eyes on the writing of this like conflict mm-hmm. here. Yeah, that must happen towards the beginning of season five. Is that right? Yeah, I, I think it must, right? Or is it starting at the end of this season? Because doesn't Lorelai invite them to the inn and like coerce them into staying in the honeymoon suite or something like that? Or was that for the at the Independence Inn? I don't know. I get the inn stuff confused. <laughs> <laughs> I they did like recover from a fight at the inn before. Oh, okay, that's what but I'm maybe thinking it happens of. again. I don't <laughs> things do seem to repeat on yeah. the show. <laughs> I'm just getting in storylines confused. <laughs> yeah. But it's coming. It's been so long since we've been in and in. I know. Yeah. Uh so should we start with the good things? Did you have an MVP for the whole season or the first half of the season? I was thinking about this and it's really, I feel like there's been a lot of positive things for Lorelai and Rory. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of want to say Lane as well in my mind. I don't know. It's hard to pick, but I almost want to say Lane because like she has a memorable first half of the season with the band and then her explosion of the double lives. Mm -hmm. And that has to like, that is just kind of a testament to the strength of the character because like the a negative for me is how fumbled the lane plotline is in the first few episodes where we get like not much of her at all we still never really know what was going on with her in college and we still don't know what's going on with her and Dave so like despite having all of these like shortcomings in story like I still find myself so drawn to lane at the end of the day mm-hmm. And it's, it's just easy to say, like, yeah, Lorelai has, you know, the inn and Jason, which is exciting, and Rory has Yale, which is exciting, but I think I want to give it to Lane. How about you? Yeah, I also kind of struggled. I had a couple options. I had Rory, Lane, or Kirk, <laughs> um, but I mm. think I've decided to give it to Rory, even though she's... Like, there were a lot of things in this first half that kind of annoyed me about her. Like, her kind of self-entitlement is starting to really show, especially when she's amongst other college students most of the time. But I also think that she's, like, making a really hard transition, and she's doing a great job, even with any little fumbles that we can criticize as, uh obviously viewers (laughs) not in her life because it's not a real Mm -hmm. life but uh yeah so I think she's doing a great job and uh yeah 
I think I'll give her my MVP. Though Lorelai also has some good stuff, but yeah. Yeah. I like your explanation of Rory at like this tough transition in life. And I think part of what like is still so good about this phase of the show is like there's still like a a point of return. Mm-hmm. Like we're not too far gone yet, you know, to like think like, oh, she will overcome this entitlement issue, you know, mm-hmm. like <laughs> this will all be part of that like trajectory and growth we can hope, you know, um, and we don't mm-hmm. yet know that like that might not come around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's still a potential light there. I also completely forgot to mention anything about Marty. I guess he's not really that important. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But he did exist. He did, yeah. Yeah, I wonder how much more of him we see um, because I know he comes up again in season five. Mm -hmm. He's not too rememberable. Yeah. I mean, memorable, not rememberable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't really remember anything either. They really, mm. like, they could have really done something with his character, I think, but yeah, they friend-zoned him too early, and then it's just hard to, as we see with Rory, like, it's hard to really give her any friends, much less a male friend, so I guess it just, it just wasn't, there just wasn't enough space for it or something, I don't know. Yeah, maybe so. I think I think yeah you're right like he was friend zoned not even by Rory yeah. but by the writers. <laughs> exactly. uh, oh poor guy. My gosh. Because um a question I wrote for our discussion questions was like if we were the writers what are some you know pairings or friendships mm-hmm. that we would have added or relied on in the this first half of the season and I think Marty could have gone either romantic or friend or both Mm -hmm. in a in a productive and fruitful way like maybe following the laundry guy situation like I would have loved to see like a they go on a date or two and then like just it fizzles and they become friends or Mm -hmm. something like that like just a little quick representation of like just a normal dating situation for Rory I feel like Maybe I'm asking for something boring, and if it had happened, I would have been like, that was random and pointless. But, like, in my aspirational mind, I'm just like, that would have been so just refreshing. (laughs) Before she returns to an ex, like, my girl deserved a little bit more from her college dating life. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. And also, Marty deserved a little bit more than to just become, like, the jealous or, like, kind of humiliated friend like Mm -hmm. potential lover when Logan comes around because that's really what he ends up being at the end and then of course there's the terrible stuff in season seven (laughs) right it kind of goes back to your point I think earlier on when we were talking about like the characters that populate Yale when we first met them and Mm -hmm. it was like they're kind of just these flat surface level characters who are just meant to be different types And so they're never like fully sketched out really Mm -hmm. and don't seem like real people or real options for Rory to be a friend with. And it's like they almost did that with Marty, but they do it later on. Mm -hmm. Like when they introduce him, he is more sketched out and interesting. Um, Like he has so he has like the most chemistry with Richard of all people. Like they're changed about (laughs) if you qualify as a naked guy and he calls Richard (laughs) Obi-Wan and like it's like he's a fun he's got personality and whatnot, but then they reduce him to the type of just the side side friend slash 
wannabe boyfriend, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Justice for Marty. Yeah. Seriously. In a certain way. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that, did you have a least favorite episode for this half of the season so far? Honestly, there's not like a, there isn't really a specific episode that pops into mind that mm-hmm. I felt like really, really strongly about. But I think I would say Die Jerk, mm-hmm. um, which I actually felt like kind of, I almost didn't want to pick it because I do feel like it like allows us to have important conversations and forward good critiques of the show. And like, I don't want to forget that it exists mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's like so emblematic of like Gilmore Girls issues. But like, it's definitely the least pleasant to watch by far. And I would never like choose to watch it probably (laughs) like uh, unless I was just trying to do like a rewatch completely like without skipping stuff Mm -hmm. so yeah I mean I think you get that and I wouldn't be surprised if that was also your least favorite but what was yours (laughs) yeah it was the same die jerk and I I for the same reasons I'm like not every episode needs to be like good for the characters like they don't always need to be doing good stuff so it's kind of cool to see Rory be critiqued although the show also like I there's just so so much of the show is like not actually critiquing her like saying that Mm -hmm. it's okay when she does it (laughs) um even though it's I don't know it's kind of half-assed but I feel like the audience often is just on Rory's side um I saw that in the polls that we did for this episode a lot of people didn't think that Rory had done anything wrong or thought that she was doing her job. So I think it really mm. is like kind of a polarizing episode. It's like the least pleasant to watch for me. And that's, yeah, that's why it's my least favorite. But it's still an interesting episode, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think polarizing is the right way mm-hmm. to describe <laughs> that. Ooh. Well, So let's return to the positive and think about favorite episodes of the season and maybe pair that together with like favorite character Mm -hmm. or story moments as well and think about what did contribute to our A minus slash B plus ranking. (laughs) I think my, I had a couple contenders for my favorite episode. The Festival of Living Art is just so iconic and there's Mm -hmm. just so much good stuff in that episode. Like, great town people stuff kirk is as jesus is just i'll never forget it <laughs> also <Say> no more <laughs> the suki having the baby stuff and i don't know it's just such a good episode and it's the one that like pops out so the most in my head but i think yeah. also i would pick the lorelei's first day at yale just because that's also a very iconic episode with the mattress, annoying mattress bit, the like Lorelai staying over the first night, just the it's so momentous, it's such like such a big turning point, and I felt like it was done really well. Mm-hmm. So I think those are my top two episodes so far. Um, who, what were yours? Did we overlap with any? Yeah, that's like exactly my answer nice. once again. <laughs> Great minds. It's like I'm copying your homework or something. Mm. Yeah, it's like as a package or like standalone episode, like Festival of the Living Art is just like so wonderful to look at and enjoy. Mm-hmm. But then 
Lorelai's first day at Yale is just like plot wise the just so momentous the whole like college thing and like what will change about Gilmore Girls in season four like it's just very exciting to me and it has continued to be fun to watch the show evolve Mm -hmm. sometimes smoothly sometimes roughly (laughs) (laughs) alongside that change um and I think like some of my well I was thinking about like I think some of my favorite storylines of the season it 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 is kind of about a lot of Rory's life at Yale um but then sometimes like some of my least favorite come from that as well Mm -hmm. like the Asher Fleming (laughs) (laughs) storyline um and I wonder like I this won't be a fair question to ask of you because I'm not sure if there is an answer but like why like what is the point of having this Paris and Asher Fleming plotline like within the larger context of the show like they could have not done this but they Mm -hmm. chose to do it and it's like why (laughs) I don't know I I feel like it it must be at least partially to show like the Paris is a foil of Rory again as like a Mm. sexually awakened and adventurous person (laughs) whereas Rory at this point is still still has like she hasn't slept with anybody yet and when she does she goes back to like her first boyfriend whereas Paris Mm. is going kind of the opposite direction but I I don't know that is so true (laughs) this is like the you like I think you brought up like the the Madonna and the Virgin Mm -hmm. right um foil like in early season one recaps yeah and it's like wow that as you're saying (laughs) they're foils in terms of their sexuality like that is so true like Rory is this just like virginal figure and like they point out the extremity of like she hasn't been dating she hasn't been involved with anyone meanwhile Paris is staying out late and like just eager to talk about her sex life Mm -hmm. but Rory is like will not engage with it and then she even when she finally has sex it's the most virginal way possible yeah. by going back to that first her childhood <laughs> twin bed yeah <laughs> yeah wow that's kind of a light bulb moment for me there yeah I am glad uh, I don't know I am glad that Paris with all her sexual awakening stuff ends up with Doyle who I think is just perfect (laughs) for her. Yeah, it's like a safe landing. Yeah, it could have gone very badly if she'd made it like a a habit of going after older professors. (laughs) Yeah, like her and Doyle is the right mixture of like weird Mm -hmm. and romantic. Um, Whereas her and Asher, it's weird, but not. It feels like exploitative. Yeah, You know, the, the icky power balance there, like... I almost wonder if they had made him, like, if they kept the going for this older guy who's, like, married and not available, like, but maybe he was slightly younger, if that would have felt a bit mm-hmm. better. Because I think, like, they they use Paris in this, like, they don't exactly want us, I think, to, like, approve of her sexuality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, um, it's just, like, we as an audience are because that's how we are and how we feel about Paris and then like it, they kind of, the writers kind of follow that theme with Doyle but like here 
I think it is supposed to be just seen as bad. Yeah. And if he was like actually if we actually recognized him as attractive as the audience, then like I don't think maybe their foil would work so well. I don't know. I feel like he could be a silver fox kind of fair character. I'm sure that there are people mm. out there who think that <laughs> and have like older professor in a tweet jacket fantasies. <laughs> maybe, yeah. <laughs> but I also is he he's not married, is he? Cuz we meet his oh. kid at one point and that she knows about Paris. Okay. Yeah. I was just stereotyping then in my memory. <laughs> well, I was just thinking of like what that would do because uh, Paris and Asher's relationship is like, it's not homewrecking. It's technically not illegal, even though it feels like mm-hmm. it, like it, uh, seven months prior, it would have been <laughs> very illegal. <laughs> but Rory, on the other hand, is sleeping with a married man. And I don't know, it's just another like opposition. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> how did we get there from our favorite episodes? <laughs> uh, well, you know, I like things just evolve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did you have a favorite storyline? Did we mention that yet? I did like the Kirk and Lulu yeah. romance. That was my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's definitely what it's like one of the smaller plots, but it's like so much. It's really memorable, mm-hmm. though, and I think we both, I mean, I think people know that we like Kirk and you love him especially, and it's just like, yeah, it's a yeah. delightful plot line. I was also just realizing they might have one of the most stable relationships in the whole show, because <laughs> they're still together in the revival, aren't they? Yeah. And they, like, I mean, obviously they're not main characters, so we don't see many any of their uh, fights or whatever, they seem to be pretty steady the whole time so yeah and they've got a pig yeah (laughs) that's where that weird there's a weird line in the revival where they said like we we all talked kirk and lulu out of having a kid yeah like get a pig instead that was messed up and i was like excuse all of you yeah here's the most stable couple like yeah i would say that sookie and jackson would be giving them a run for their money but like Sookie's nowhere to be seen (laughs) (laughs) in the show, let alone that marriage. So (laughs) that line like reeks of eugenics, especially if we're reading Kirk as a clearly autistic character. Like he isn't fit to have children because of that. That's so messed up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (sighs) Well, (laughs) back to season four. I thought it would be fun to talk about like inspired by what we liked and what we were wanting more of like what... If we were writers in an alternate Mm -hmm. world, you know, like what would we change or like add to the first half of the season? Like what is one thing you would change? Let's start there about the first half. I I was kind of struggling with this, but I think what Mm -hmm. I would do and this would also fix like one of the worst written (laughs) storylines that we've complained a lot about. I would have Lane... Lane's like double life be discovered in the first couple episodes by Mrs. Kim Mm. and then we could avoid all the weird stuff with her supposedly going to college and we could have like I don't know more she could get a job at Luke's because of that it would just make a lot a lot of stuff would make a lot more sense if 
she and Mrs. Kim had a falling out like at the beginning and she was trying to pick up her life and move on with the band and stuff and figure out what she wanted. Mm -hmm. And she still does that in the future episodes, but I don't know, just make more sense earlier on, I think. I love that idea. Like just jumpstart that storyline and get it going right early on and like that would give her a parallel path to everyone else like Rory starting something new Lorelai and Suki are starting something new that would put Lane on that path as well and I that I really really like that idea yeah alas what's something you would change or add I I did like I had a couple ideas and that was like one of them was like providing more detail to the lane storyline in general Mm -hmm. so I like your idea of like start it sooner as a solution I'd also been thinking about like let's just like more clearly write Dave out of the situation you know like um because I was also just thinking like we had a couple nitpicks about the timing of things last time we recorded and I forgot to mention I'd been thinking about like if the holidays had passed that means lane like theoretically would have seen dave over the holidays because wouldn't he be home so and it never came up so i'm just like (sighs) oh i you know you could have they could have written written him out with the whole like bull mailing snafu Mm -hmm. thing um but yeah they should have done that just cut it off (laughs) yeah i will say i am very glad with the addition of gil he just like yeah rounds out the band very well in a weird Mm -hmm. unexpected way (laughs) yeah (laughs) so that at least is good I know that was really a genius addition Mm -hmm. it could have gone so wrong but it fits just right Mm -hmm. (laughs) my other thing about changing the first half of the season would be clearing up the Luke and Nicole stuff Mm -hmm. I don't know how I don't know what the solution is necessarily but I think they just went like nowhere with it like they were like let's just have it be in the background and so it could be anything but it's also nothing at the same time and if they had just chosen a direction like uh they are not together anymore or they are together and it's in a weird like they're dating they're married but they're dating thing that could have been interesting or like they are only booty calls. Mm-hmm. And so, like, let's just see what that is like and how that could blow up in his face. Like, just choose a direction with it and go with it and give screen time to it. And if the problem was that the actor that plays Nicole wasn't available, <laughs> just write it out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just write it out, okay? <laughs> they, uh. they set it up at the end of season three to write her out so easily. Right. Luke had that like weird dream of Lorelai coming over and saying, uh-huh. don't go on that cruise or whatever it was. <laughs> and then yeah. what do they do? They send him on the cruise and he gets married. It's just fully out of character for Luke. It doesn't make sense with what they do with the rest of the season. It was just a mess. They just wanted a shock factor for Lorelai. Right. But they could have done so much else. <laughs> Anything else. <laughs> Anything else. (laughs) Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Speaking of things like that I would envision as fun to add to the season in terms of like different character pairings that we maybe didn't see, I thought on like the Luke front that it could have been really fun to see him and Lane interact a lot more now that they are like technically working together and we saw one episode of it and I felt like we really liked the fun Mm -hmm. vibe it brought and your idea of like having if we'd had Lane get kicked out sooner we could have had more of that but like I feel like that could have given more something more for Luke to do beyond this weird Nicole stuff Mm -hmm. I don't know like I think I I think that would be fun and a way to get more of Lane on the show yeah (laughs) At the very least, I want to see her interview. I know, <laughs> right? <sounds> funny. <laughs> like, I want to see her lecture Luke for hiring. Yeah. <laughs> what's his name? And yeah. The frog guy. <laughs> yeah, frog guy. Yeah. And what if Lane was the waitress at Kirk's first date? Yeah. I'm sure that yeah. he could have convinced her to, like, dress up in a black tie outfit and have the whole formal waiter kind of thing going yeah that would have been so fun it would have been fun (laughs) were there any other pairings romantic friendship enemy etc that you would have liked to see well I have mentioned too that I want to reiterate especially because we need to make this show less straight (laughs) and that was (laughs) I really want they're both enemies to lovers uh stories so I want Hank from Woodbury and Taylor to get together yeah yeah I forgot about that one (laughs) I don't know how it's gonna happen but they obviously have enough interactions and he was at the festival of living arts so you know he's there he's nearby that would be such a fun one for them to like sprinkle into like the background of different scenes across many different episodes like you just see them together and then it's like increasingly like romantic or something and then one day it's just like oh yeah we're like engaged or yeah something. yeah and then they try at their wedding to not only join themselves in matrimony but join the two towns somehow it'd be like with like a historical romance where the marriage is symbolic yeah. of two like countries uniting yeah <laughs> oh, that'd be great I love that. A whole spinoff. I'm going to write that fan fiction. (laughs) Yeah, I would read it. I also then thought of Michelle and Tobin. And I feel like this one's a little bit harder to imagine just because they don't seem to have that kind of chemistry necessarily. But they do have the enemies kind of thing going on. Yeah, they do have good 
They've got good enemy chemistry. I agree that I don't necessarily see a sexual chemistry, but I can only imagine that it's not like they were directed to do that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> I, but I, and I, I'm willing to admit it's like a, it's a ship out of convenience, you mm-hmm. know, like it's not like we're given many other gay characters. So like, of course, we're going to put the two together that we have and would I like to have more options? Yes, but this is what we're working with. And so I'm going to do my due diligence to ship them together. Yeah, you know, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. I also had, I had the Michelle and Tobin one down. I remembered when you said that. Um, I want to see Rory with literally anyone else at Yale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, in any relationship capacity. Um, just want to see her interacting with more people. Maybe like her roommates would be an easy one. Mm-hmm. But secondly, this is something I just thought of for the first time. I would like to see Jason and Christopher interact. Oh, gosh. In present day. Yeah, because we heard about um, Lorelai saying Christopher hated Mm -hmm. Jason. And I would just really be so intrigued. You know, it's like Chris is at the point where he's with Sherry. They like recently had Gigi. We haven't seen them in a long time, so it'd be a good time to bring them back to the show. And since Chris had wanted to be with Lorelai, I'm sure he'd be jealous of Jason in some way, especially because Jason is sort of like a within-the-world bad boy type, which is exactly what Christopher is as well. So, like, I feel like sparks could fly, fists could fly, you know? (laughs) I don't see... Jason is a bad boy type. I see him as like mm. an underdog, previous <laughs> nerd type. <laughs> you okay. know, that's like grown up and grown up hot and like gotten some confidence <laughs> and stuff. Because it sounds like when they were at summer camp together, he was like the one that was picked on. So it'd be interesting to point. see his insecurities come out again with Christopher around. That's a really good point. That could be cool. Uh, yeah, that could. <laughs> and we never see them interact, which is so... When do, like, Christopher doesn't come at all this season, does he? I don't think so. That's, that's wild. <laughs> I know. They, like, let you forget about him. Yeah. Only to bring him back in the worst way possible. Yeah. <laughs> I think the next time we see him is when he's having trouble with Gigi. That's all I can think of in my mind yeah. as well. And I feel like that's when Luke and Lorelai are together. Yeah, and that's kind of... Um, a, a a block in the road yeah <laughs> for them yeah wow they missed out on a what could have been a really interesting storyline if only they had consulted us <laughs> i know speaking of interesting storylines and consulting us another hypothetical i had for us to think about is if we could add an episode to the first half of the season what would it be and what would it be about so mm-hmm. like not necessarily changing anything, but adding something that could kind of relatively fit within the season four. Did this spark any ideas in your mind? I think it would have been interesting to see an episode where Rory is like talking to a guidance counselor about her future goals because <laughs> we've mentioned that mm-hmm. she is, a, is an English major, it seems, but wants to be in journalism So I'm just interested how that came about. And I don't know. I think it would be cool to see Lorelai and Suki have like a successful catering gig. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Did you have a a Mm. good episode to add? I had like a couple different 
ideas for this. Some of them are just silly. Like the first one is an episode with Dave, Nicole, <laughs> Jamie, like all yeah, of the missing characters. The <laughs> it's just like maybe I'd add Christopher now yeah. after our conversation and just be like, see what's up with them. Yeah. You know, like are they all hanging out together? Yeah, or <laughs> Yeah. I also thought like, a bottle episode could be fun and I'm honestly surprised that the show didn't into my memory doesn't really have a classic sort of bottle episode yet I know they didn't always have a lot of money so like what's a oh a bottle episode is like an episode that's really set only in one place uh, and they yeah, often okay. do it because they run out of like money so they um I think an example would be like mm-hmm. in the community they're just stuck in the one room I I can't think of any other examples right now, but my hypothetical one for this show would be like, maybe they're all like, the whole thing is set at Luke's and maybe there's like a storm outside so they can't leave or like something similar. Um, I just, that could be fun, I think. Yeah, it would almost be like, another dance marathon type thing where everything's so combustible because everybody's like stuck together in this Mm -hmm. tense situation. That'd be so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes it so much about like character and conversation mm-hmm. and dialogue and things because like how much plot can you really introduce within one such like a condensed thing? Yeah. So yeah, I think it could have been, it could be fun. Um, and another sort of like genre approach I thought could be fun was like, like a dream sequence yeah. kind of episode <laughs> where like specifically my one idea was like, Kirk we like we start the episode with Kirk and then something happens where he's like knocked out and then the rest of the episode is sort uh, of like a film by Kirk <laughs> like so cool. black and white yeah so weird and we're in that world and then at the very end he like wakes up you know and it's like <laughs> you were there and you were there we're all there yeah. <laughs> oh there's such a good northern exposure episode like that mm. for the people yeah. who will someday be able to watch northern exposure <laughs> Once it's streaming, I'll definitely check it out because you've spoken so highly of it. Maybe it'll come onto Netflix as soon as we finish Gilmore Girls and we'll have something else to podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I just think in general, like, like Gilmore Girls could have some of those creative moments, Mm -hmm. you know. They're probably so bound by, like, what was, like, on TV at the time and the network and things like that and... I bet people would have told them, like, that's such a weird, don't do that. But, like... <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of surprised that they haven't because the, those also seem kind of whimsical. And right. that's, like... Like, that is ASP yeah. and co, yeah. for sure. A musical episode? How did that not happen? Yeah, that would have been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and there are some good singers in this show also. Like, Lauren Graham can right. sing pretty well. I think uh, Sean Gunn can sing pretty well, at least in a dramatic fashion. <laughs> <laughs> that's all we would need yeah. really <laughs> um so i'm gonna ask this because i have something big to say about it but what was your favorite or pop culture moment that really stood out to you uh or one that you'll remember as we go forward i don't know if anything super big comes to mind other than like i've been i'm always like looking forward to see what books Mm -hmm. and things are referenced in Rory's college classes now that she is there 
and like there's the whole episode where it was like all Hemingway and Fitzgerald and I went off (laughs) on that you know and I was like I've had that exact class like it's just fun for me to see how they represent the whole college world and like recently her taking like as a freshman when normally she probably had all of these gen eds to do but instead she was taking this like contemporary political fiction class with like a celebrity professor <laughs> like Unlikely. it's so fun you know yeah <laughs> um what did you have in mind i have to shout out the huge use of lord of the rings in the first half oh, of yeah. this season <laughs> i am a huge fan obviously and i just loved that gilmore girls of all things ended up with a lord of the rings plot line that's just yeah those are two like polar opposite kind of uh genres shows it's so it was pretty cool to see that kid's birthday party and I'm very jealous (laughs) you know there could be something there like what if they're not polar opposites what if like yeah stars hollow is like the shire and you know it's like they're like the hobbits who will then go on a journey Mm -hmm. somewhere and it could be like you know a ragtag team of townies yeah i don't know oh that would be be something there (laughs) are there nine townies Mm. Uh, there's at least nine probably yeah but like main character ones Mm. i mean not main character obviously but yeah maybe yeah anyways there (laughs) yeah there's definitely more than nine because we did a whole march madness (laughs) with with a lot of people yeah (laughs) okay moving on did you want to talk about any more real things or do you want to get into some speculative thoughts no I think I feel like we've covered a lot of real things so just take us anywhere you'd like to go okay I like this question so is there a college student or college situation or something from another fictional universe that you would bring Rory to Ooh, (laughs) I like that um I hadn't thought about situations so I will think about that a bit but in terms of like characters that I like have characters I would say I think Blair Waldorf is one that we've mentioned before Mm -hmm. and I would like to see that um especially because I think in this world Blair would have right rightfully been able to go to Yale (laughs) and meet Rory there and then hopefully be able to like help her with this entitlement because Blair is any of course she's like a queen bee right so she could like put Rory in her place or something like that I don't know (laughs) maybe I'm antagonizing Rory a little bit with that one but I also another one that we've talked about before but I think is worth bringing up again would be like for me any of the guys from Greek Mm -hmm. um like Evan is clearly like someone that Rory would date and Rusty almost is like a Marty of sorts Cappy would be so different but like she could maybe go that route so I'd like to just throw all of them in and see which one she would go for and it could also be like a love square kind of situation (laughs) in the end I don't know but that's where I was thinking. I want <laughs> How about Paris you? and Cappy to get together. <laughs> that would Ooh, be like a be like, polar opposites yeah. attract kind of thing. I like that. <laughs> I liked when he was with Rebecca. Who, yeah. Like Rebecca is very Paris coded. Yeah. So also that I would like that. Uh, doesn't Beaver get together with, um, is her name Catherine? The like. Yeah. She's very Paris like yeah. as well. Yeah. 
I like that. Yeah. That's like one of my favorite pairs yeah, on agreed. the show, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just had the thought, this isn't a college character, but it's a character about to go to college. So I want her to go to college with Rory. And it's Kat from 10 Things I Hate About You. The oh. like super kind of feminist rebel girl. Um, I want her to meet Rory. and Because Rory... And Lorelai say that they're feminists, but <laughs> what they really mean is that they are women, <laughs> pretty <Yeah>. much. <laughs> There's, like, no other feminist ideals in there. So I want her to meet somebody who, like, has read a lot of the same stuff as her, but, like, thought about it in different ways. Because I'm sure, I think Rory's talked about reading, like, The Bell Jar and stuff like that, and Kat reads that in 10 Things I Hate About You but obviously takes it in a completely different way and like internalizes a lot of stuff that Rory seems to just kind of read. Like we never really see Rory mm. being influenced largely by the books that she's reading. Her character or, or like thought processes never really change. So it'd be interesting yeah. for her to be set against a character who's like really impacted by radical literature. That is such a good point. You know, like, and as you're talking about that, it just is making me think like we like I feel like it's common to talk about Gilmore Girls and Rory and reading and she's like classified as a reader. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the like her traits that I think a lot of people identify with her for that, like myself included. And yet like, yeah, she really like books really are kind of like objects yeah. to her Props. and like things to be consumed. But like. That, that, that don't affect her at all like they don't weirdly they don't seem to like become a part of her mm -hmm. necessarily other than like her identity as like a smart curious person in the world yeah that I feel like that's one of the big differences between her and Jess also because mm -hmm. Jess like seems to really like he annotates all his books and stuff he really seems to think about it and when we see meet up with him later on when he's like writing himself and working at that press he seems to kind of also have internalized a lot of stuff from his more like I don't know radical books <laughs> yeah yeah thoughts about the world different people and stuff that Rory doesn't ever or it'd be neat to see her be like oh I'm feeling really sad I'm going to like read this book yeah. or like I'm in this mood so I'll read this book like uh it doesn't it's not so tied to like feeling an emotion as like reading can be for me mm -hmm. so I don't know sometimes with her reading I feel like it, it's just a status symbol thing like that yeah. she's read these classics and stuff or like mm -hmm. from these authors she's just that smart <laughs> I almost wonder if that's like a shortcoming of the writers mm -hmm. like imagining what a bookworm is <laughs> yeah I bet so you know it's like this is what reading is like there just needs to be like an encyclopedic list of books yeah. that the character is always reading <laughs> yeah no no mm. books that stick with you for years and like change your personality <laughs> yeah on the note of like reading and learning perhaps one thing I was thinking about like I remember in a mid-season in a mid-season recap we had 
Elena on and you and we well you were on of course <laughs> and we were talking about like Chilton pedagogy mm-hmm. and what we would assign and so I thought like an equivalent of that kind of conversation would be now that we're at Yale um, if we could teach a class that we knew Rory would take what kind of class might you design for her I was thinking about it and it's a class that I never got to teach but I think would be cool and it's a medievalisms class and so medievalisms Mm. are how people have reimagined medieval stories into modern or uh, just later contexts and kind of the origination of medievalisms other than it obviously also (laughs) happened in the medieval in the middle ages where they would like reimagine stories from the past but the Victorians were huge on reimagining medieval stories but mm-hmm. I would do a, a class that pairs modern literature that cla- is classified as medievalism with some of the medieval literature that inspired it and mm-hmm. do a critique on how how things have changed, how things are interpreted, all the historical stuff in there. And I feel like that would be pretty interesting. Rory doesn't seem to read much medieval stuff or medievalism stuff. She mentions like reading Beowulf at one point, the Seamus Heaney translation, which is a good one. Yeah. But she doesn't seem to have any thoughts about Beowulf. <laughs> I feel I think she also mentions Chaucer at one point. But yeah, uh, so I would be interested to expose her to something a bit more pre-modern, plus the cool, like, let's use our critical thought to see how people have imagined the past and what that says about us kind of thing. I would love to take that class. Uh, I'll never teach it, but <laughs> I could recommend some books. <laughs> right. Maybe we could do a book club. Oh, yeah. That'd be fun. Uh, what would you yeah. teach? So I went a serious way with this, and then I also went a silly way. Um, <laughs> so if Roy was going to take a class at Yale, I think maybe I should teach journalism mm-hmm. ethics. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's got to. Or any journalism class like any yeah one. <laughs> interviewing 101 right I don't know if I am qualified I do have a minor in strategic communication mm-hmm. and sometimes journalism was mentioned um, but I think I could do it by just if I just read a couple books I think I would know enough to educate Rory so yeah that's my silly answer my more serious answer that I think would be fun and is also directed toward development for Rory (laughs) would be I think it would be like a literature class and I think I would title it title it something like hi it's me I'm the problem it's me (laughs) Taylor Swift reference because I think that like the anti-hero song and just the idea of like an Mm anti-hero figure is so fun with Rory and um as we're talking about, it's like the entitlement paired with the lack, paired with the lack of um, self-reflection mm-hmm. and critique and whatnot. Like, I don't care if she's like entitled. I just want her to know that she's entitled yeah. and either at least she knows it. And so she's conscious, fully a conscious person and goes forward in life accepting that she's entitled or I want her to be like, oh, shit, better do something about that. And even if she's not successful, at least she'd try, mm-hmm. you know? Um, So I was thinking in that vein of like maybe reading some different fiction or even nonfiction of very like 
complicated or flawed female characters Mm -hmm. maybe even not necessarily I'm not sure the gender matters necessarily but just like books full of maybe shitty people or just regular people I don't know but it it involves like thinking about that and (laughs) so like I couldn't think of perfect books but like if I wanted to go a fun direction like maybe Gone Girl (laughs) (laughs) or like Amy Dunn is one of my favorite villains in a book Um, or like The Awakening is such a fun like you know mother going on a Mm self-awakening sexuality journey and like (laughs) it investigates the trope of like the selfish mother it's like think of the children but she's like thinking of herself for the first time (laughs) like I don't know I think there's a lot that you could put in there but like I I think it could be good for her Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah I agree if she if she participates enough, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you have any books that scream like, hello, I am the problem. It is me and the main character. <laughs> I don't know. Not that are like coming to mind. That's fine. I was just curious. <laughs> I feel like I've read one recently, but I can't remember exactly what it was. And I don't think I finished the book because the character mm. never self-reflected. <laughs> maybe she did oh, at the end the a book i know we both read um yellow face oh yeah oh yeah that would, would be, be a super great interesting yeah. for this and it's paired with yeah. the like lack of self-reflection and as a writer yeah yeah and publishing yeah that could be oh, really yeah, good that'd be great best. that might be like the first one yeah <laughs> yeah that would be a really good one for her to read cool yeah okay nice <laughs> uh let's see one last speculative question, since both of ours so far have been about Rory. Lorelai's also supposedly doing stuff so far in this season. <laughs> so I was thinking back to our friend, was it Natalie, who was the designer? That sounds right. I remember that sounds like a getting designer. her confused with Nicole, <laughs> so I think it was an end name. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so if you were designing the dragonfly or participating in the design, what's something that you would include, like either a design style or something in the decor that you would want to be in there? Yeah, this is a good question. I think I would like to see a couple things perhaps. So one, I um, a lot of like dragonfly themed mm-hmm. decorations, <clears throat> like the actual bug, you know, like imagery of the dragonfly. Yeah. Like I think they have that on their sign. But other than that, I don't know if they like, play into it too much so it could be you know cute to sprinkle that throughout a bit more um I had one other thing but it's like escaping me oh my gosh maybe it'll come back to me how about did you um I was thinking there's that one room that they end up with that's kind of like the lobby slash library area and I would want some dark wallpaper in there I think that would just add Mm. to the vibe like a dark kind of moody green wallpaper with the shelves and like the leather couches and stuff it'd be kind of a dark academia type look (laughs) I would like that (laughs) just more wallpaper I feel like is and not like the gaudy wallpaper at the Cheshire Cat Mm. Inn but like (laughs) you know just some sort of pattern stuff you know yeah that'd be nice I hear you yeah oh no like 
I should have said when you asked me how I would design it, like, I'm going full Cheshire cat, except... Dragonflies. Instead of cats, it's going to be dragonflies. Yeah, that's my vision. Oh, gosh. <laughs> There's just going to be live dragonflies everywhere. Oh, gosh. That'd be terrible. Oh, like, right on the stairs where you need to just walk. Just step on dragonflies. Oh, oh God. <laughs> be a carpet of dead dragonflies. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, this is taking a turn. Um, I did remember... A gazebo would be great, you know, like on the property somewhere. Yeah, that'd be... It's a hit in town. Might as well have another. with like vines and stuff. It'd be a little romantic getaway. Maybe some of that wisteria we love so much. that'd be awesome. Yeah. All right. I think through the art of conversation, we have really reflected quite a lot Mm -hmm. on the first half of season four that we are... We've somehow come this far and... Yeah, I look forward to doing this again 12 episodes from now where we reflect on the season as a whole. (laughs) One thing we didn't really cover was Jason, but I think Mm -hmm. that's a good thing. I want to reserve judgment on him till the end of the season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he has been a topic of conversation. Very like we have very hot and cold feelings about him. Um, I do. I do need to see further from him to decide conclusively. Yeah, well, cool. I think we can say it's fun that he brings some sex to the show yeah. with his immortalized, like, actual adult relationship. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Sexing it up. Woohoo! Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, <laughs> on that note, uh, yeah. so next week we'll have a little AMA out for y'all to learn more about us, just for funsies. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to take a couple weeks off and we'll be back with the rest of season four after that. Yeah. Batteries charged, ready to yeah. go. Woohoo. <laughs> All right. Talk soon. Talk soon. Thanks for listening to Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. Don't forget to rate and review us and share us with your friends. Join us on Instagram and TikTok at Talking Fast Podcast. And join the conversation by emailing us your thoughts, talkingfastpodcast at gmail.com.